Merry New Year! Happy New Year. In this country, we say Happy New Year. And the life we lead continues to push on We've all had a rotten day So what's just Gal gonna say? He hopes to take a moment of your time Make you feel much better when you hear about his day Little magic power makes your problems seem okay. If you're looking for action and nothing that's new, just go in the city is the podcast for you. If you like listening to things that no one else would do. Just Gow in the City is the podcast for you. Happy New No, no. Merry New Year, everybody. No, no, no. In this country, it's happy. In this country, we say Happy New Year. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 2024 premiere. The 400 and no the 101st episode of just gow in the city but somewhere around the 450s of this podcast in general the dave just gow show how are you oh my god happy new year everybody for real so lovely to be back a little two-week break with a little interim piece in between i hope you liked it my little thing about 80s television which I heard from a lot of you, and you did like it, and I cannot tell you how happy it makes me. Also, I did hear uh, from a lot of you regarding the show in general and regarding me, and you wished me a happy new year, and you said you enjoy the podcast. Again, once in a blue moon, twice a year, I do need to know, (laughs) so thank you for writing me and telling me that you do enjoy the podcast and the, the drivel I put out. Uh, every week, but that obviously makes me happy. I just need to know once in a blue moon that people are indeed listening, right? It makes sense to you or, or to me, right? So anyway, we are back. It is 2024, a couple days in. It is freezing in New York City. It's exactly 32 degrees. It's supposed to snow this weekend. Of course, it doesn't snow in New York anymore anyway, which is such a weird thing to say, but it is true. Is the planet changing or, once again, do weather patterns go in certain hundred-year periods? We'll never know. Well, we would know maybe about 500 years, but right now we don't know and nobody cares. If it's warmer during the winter, well, then so be it. By the time I'm gone, uh, what are we doing? We're starting off the wrong way. How about the new theme song, everybody? How about a hand for the new theme song, everybody? I'm on the Sammy Maudlin Show. There's a little thing for our younger listeners that'll love a, a bit from 40 years ago from SCTV. I am so happy to be back. I have so much to say, obviously, so much to do. I feel like the new year has gotten off to a sweet start. I am 
extremely glad I survived New Year's Eve and Christmas, quite frankly, because as a Jewish boy, it is very difficult to be alone on those holidays because no one cares and you can't blame anybody. I just, uh, it's just such a mess. But I was, uh, January 1st was my favorite day. I'm like, I did it. I did it. I got through another New Year's Eve. It's tough, man. And everybody can tell you, I mean, it's tough. My sister and I were talking yesterday about a wedding on New Year's Eve and how we always, everybody hates a wedding the Saturday on Thanksgiving. Everyone hates that. That's so rude to do. People want their four days off. So that always stinks. But people continue to do it. They, For some reason, they think that's a good idea. But I got to say, the New Year's Eve wedding should try should start to take off because who wouldn't want plans on New Year's Eve? It just seems like it makes sense. You have an automatic day off the next day. Well, I mean, I guess you would anyway because it would be a Sunday, but I, I don't know. Uh, I could see getting married on New Year's Eve. Then your anniversary is a celebration for everybody. I mean, it really does kind of work. I wouldn't mind being invited. That's a wedding I would go to because I'm like, I don't have ever to play. I mean, if you set that up six months in advance, you send out invitations on August 1st and say our wedding's going to be on New Year's Eve. It's not like everybody was working that week anyway. You can make, as long as it's not a destination and even if it was, whatever. But that doesn't sound horrible to me. But I didn't go to one. I'm just, somebody, my sister mentioned one because I think she knew somebody that went to one. And I was like, oh, that's mean. And then I, you know, rethought it. And I'm like, actually, that's brilliant. I got to start thinking about my plans for next New Year's Eve already. God damn it. But I'm going to put it out of my head. Now I just got to work on Valentine's Day. Am I right? Am I right? Remember I said on February 15th, I said, next year is going to be different. Well, it's probably not, but it doesn't matter. The important thing is that we're all here and we're having a good time and the podcast is back. That's the most important thing. I'm also going to try and maybe cut down the time on the podcast. See, I can't figure out, again, people, I, I can't even barely listen to the whole thing myself when I'm listening back when it's an hour and 20 minutes. So maybe I'll make it about 50 minutes. Or, I mean, today might be longer because we have so much to say, but. I don't know, a cozy 50 minutes to between 50 and an hour seems like that's probably the perfect length when most people's podcasts are about, you know, half hour, 40 minutes. So I don't know. I'm not trying to do less work or give you less or anything. I just think maybe that's better for listening. It's more more packed in entertainment. Maybe I don't have to say like, so then I put on my pants and I decided maybe today's not a pants day. Although I know you love it. So who are you kidding? Come on. What's up? So we got to go back. I want to start with just before Christmas when Rachel Feinstein had her taping, her Netflix taping directed by Amy Schumer at the Sony Theater in around Times Square. Always such a pleasure going to Times Square around New Year's Eve. Just can't get away from that place. Now that Caroline's is closed, I'm like, well, at least I don't have to go around that area. around. And and it's a difference, man, because yesterday I came home from my mother's place late, and it, it, it just everything was cleared out. Everybody's gone. God, it's it's horrible when you live somewhere. I mean, people in beach towns know. You're sitting there all winter long and nobody's around. And then all of a some, some sudden, all of a sudden, Come Memorial Day, you're bombarded with people that don't live there, and you're just, like, angry. And yet, well, why do you want to live in the beach in general, then? I mean, what are you expecting is going to happen? I mean, everybody knows what's going to happen. It's just 
it's the same thing. You live in this town, and then all of a sudden, all these people come over where you walk every day. Like, even down on the Wall Street area, when I come home, it was packed with tourists. Like, I was just trying to walk home. I'm trying to go at a brisk pace to for my exercise, and you can't. And that's just that's the Wall Street area. That's not even Times Square. But I guess if you're coming to town and you've never been in New York, I, I guess you got to hit all the spots. So I... I, apparently that's one of them. I don't know why. I think as a tourist, I don't think I'd come there. I definitely want to see Times Square. I mean, I went to London and I want to see, uh, what is it called? The Piccadilly Circus. Hello. Well, we have to go to Piccadilly Circus. And my friend would be like, are you joking? In the middle of the day, you want to go to Piccadilly? Why is it? Is it crowded then? I, I don't know. I'm from America. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I'm having a good time. I'm back. I See, I am refreshed and ready to go. So Rachel Feinstein has her Netflix taping, and it's awful. Okay, that came out the wrong way. It's not awful. It's just so messed up. Now, I don't know if you remember correctly, but Rachel had another taping, not for Netflix, Comedy Central Presents, also produced by Amy Schumer, where she, where Amy stopped her in the middle. I, I definitely have this on a alternate podcast which by the way marcy our friend marcy told me the other day she's going through the podcast like she's going through the back catalog and she told me that me and my friend scotty and memo in years back were doing our oscar podcast just praising how great harvey weinstein is that's hilarious i should have gotten a tape of that immediately but who has the time or patience so we thank marcy for going to the back catalog and getting all that together. Thank goodness Marcy is retired. So she has time to look at our back catalog and say where we're going to get canceled. So I can go back and cut those out. But seriously, folks. So she, so she's doing the show. And remember, I, I think I told you, Amy, she's in the middle of the show. Amy comes out on stage and stops her and whispers in her ear. And all the comics that she knows from the cellar, I'm sitting with Esty and Marina, we're all going like, what? the fuck is this because it was shocking but we all also said to ourselves well maybe this is what happens in a tv taping at least me and Esty are probably saying that but maybe marina's probably not saying that because she's done a tv taping and she's like no that's not right that's not right that's weird so we all agreed it was weird but we let it go because that's rachel and amy's stupid relationship whatever that is and uh, I don't know whether you know, but I mean, Nikki Glaser got out of that relationship with Amy because of that controlling situation. Are these secrets? Maybe. But what's the difference? So anyway, we go to the taping and it's a fun night. I bring my friend, my other friend, Rachel, who I kept telling Rachel Feinstein, I had an upgrade, my friend, Rachel Lenahan, which meanwhile, uh, well, Monday, I'm going to see her do her half hour spot. I mean, you got to be fucking kidding me. You got to be kidding me. I mean, I like this girl. You know, I mean, we hang out a lot. She's she's fun. She's cool. Rachel Lenahan is her name. I, mean, I keep telling Rachel Feinstein I got an upgrade because she's younger, which is hilarious. I got an upgrade on my Rachels. But I'm watching her do a half hour tape. Now, I was never going to go to this. I would have gone as a friend, but then she's splitting it with another girl's doing a half hour who I don't know. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. There's no way I'm going to that. Turns out, our friend Richard Klein, Larry from Three's Company, is going to the taping because that's where me and this girl Rachel met. So I'm like, well, if he's going, I'll go, and then I'll invite him to get wings and beer afterwards, which he was like, I'm in. 
So what's up? Happy New Year to me. Wings and fear with Richard Klein. Come on. It's going to be an amazing new year. Well, that's Monday. Anyway, I bring Rachel with me, and I'm already getting nerve. I can tell. I, I Did I go to work that day? Yeah, I went to work, but I took a nap, and everything was fine. And then I just started getting a stomach ache because I was getting nervous. My stomach hadn't bothered me in such a long time, but I remember I was I was like, what happened? I ate perfectly today. I did everything right. I, uh, And then all of a sudden, and I was like, I, when I left, I said, oh, I feel perfectly fine. My stomach's in really good shape. I'm, I'm in a good mood. And then as soon as I got to Times Square, stomach ache. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I know this is in my head. I know it's in my head because right after I met up with her and we got to the place, no stomach ache. So I know it's in my head. It's just so funny, the stress that relieves. And I met her at... This place, oh my God, it was for, I'm out of money now. Like I got to lay low and I know I'm going for wings and beer, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm staying in this entire week. I can't go out. I, I Between the, the doorman, the car, the cleaning lady, the barber, the, the people at the coffee shop, paying everybody the Christmas gifts, the mail person, and then this particular taping day, because so I meet her at this place called Connolly's. We have one drink. And I'm I'm, ca- I'm I'm telling you the finances again because it's it's funny and sad at the same time. So maybe the drink costs like thirty five bucks for two, you know, whatever. And I'm like, that's all right. So then we go to the taping and we go to the bar and everyone's there. It was very exciting. Rachel's brother and uh, sister in law, uh, Jessica Curson, uh, Marina. Well, Marina was at the show before and her sister was there and it's just like all of Rachel's friends from the past. Uh, these guys I I had known for so many years, her old roommate. It was really kind of great seeing everybody, and we're all really close. Or we're, you know, it's like great to see everybody because I'm definitely so close to Rachel. I, you know, sometimes I don't even realize it because we haven't seen each other that much since with the baby and everything that I forget how close we used to be. That I'm so tight with her friends from growing up, just the way she's friends with my friend Lawrence and Lee, and how she loves them. So I feel similar. To her friends. So it was really great to see everybody. Jessica Pilot was there. If you remember her, we have multiple episodes where we were hanging out. She got married, so we don't see her anymore. And she ended up, she works at the Sony Theater. She wasn't even invited by Rachel. It was a coincidence. And the first thing she does is buy us a drink. And I'm like, hey, great. Because I get the feeling this place is going to be pricey. And it was. Uh, also, uh, Mateo Lane was there. And um, a couple other, oh, Sam Morell turned out to be there. I didn't see him at the bar and everything, but it was really great. We're hanging out at the bar, and then they say it's time to go downstairs. And the guy said, we'll let you know when it's time to go downstairs. So we go downstairs, right? We're waiting online because I know I missed, I missed the time where the VIP people went down. I know something went wrong. So I'm waiting online, and I'm pretty pissed off, and I'm like, I'm positive we should just go ahead. But I wait, and I'm like, who cares? I get down there. The security guy goes, you got to check your jacket. And I'm like, Fuck you. Um, I pretty much said that without saying the word fuck uh, because I was pretty. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to check it. He's like, no, it's a TV tape. And you have to check it. I'm like. Several things here, first of all, buddy, I, and I don't want to be rude to a guy, but I'm like, first of all, the coat check is at the top of the stairs. So why isn't there somebody on top of that stairs telling us you have to check your coats? It's a TV taping. Why, before I got this wristband, didn't somebody say, it's a goddamn TV taping, you have to check your coats? So I was fear. I'm like, you're telling me I got to get out of line, go back upstairs and check my coat? And I'm screaming at the guy. I'm screaming at him. And, and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, 
Well, that's bullshit. You should have told me before. I mean, I'll do it, man. But you see what I'm saying, right? I'm, I'm really giving it to this guy. I'm also drunk. But, um, you know, I mean, that's that's not cool. And he got it. So there was nothing he could do because I was right. And everyone knew it. I mean, maybe I handled it wrong. No, no, I didn't handle it wrong. That was not cool. And I didn't know I was going to have to check my jacket. I never like, nobody likes checking a jacket. So whatever, right? So I we go up and check our stupid jackets and then come back. And then I yell at the guy again. I'm like, you know what I'm talking about, man. That was not cool. That was not cool. <laughs> and he's just, he's not saying anything. And then I walk in and I see two other people. Hey, what the fuck is up with that jacket shit? And then I'm like, I got to relax. This is Rachel's thing. I got, I got to relax. So we walk in, me and this, this other Rachel, and we're walking around and we see everybody and everybody's already seated and we're like, what What happened? Well, I was putting my jacket away. Everybody found seats, so we didn't know what to do. It turns out Liz from the Comedy Cellar was actually seating everybody and we were supposed to get seated by her. But again, I fucked up the system and Liz is like, Jessica, can you get out of the way? And I'm like, what? Wait, you're yelling at me at a different place than the cellar? What? <laughs> What? I've already messed up and she didn't even know about the jacket incident so we go to this place and this girl puts us in this seat and um by uh Rachel's friends and I'm like I'm not happy here so she goes yeah we're right in front of the tele we're right in back of the camera so we move and we get these other seats and they're perfect and nobody seemed to care so we just sat there it was good it was like um when I went to my class the the, the guy the, the the improv um one of my students and we were able to have a table in front of us so you could put your drinks on. You know, fantastic. I mean, there were tables and stuff. So anyway, the waiter comes over. And he's like, what can you, you guys? I guess I'll have a scotch. She'll have a wine. And we'll have two waters. 70 bucks. Boom. What I didn't realize, of course, is that for some reason, even for two people, they put in an 18% gratuity. <sighs> so, you know, I'm already angry at the jacket thing and then there's but i'm not that angry because i'm having a good time i'm with all these nice people i'm having a couple of drinks right you know what i'm talking about right i'm two scotches in already I'm scotch and soda I'm seven seven why didn't he get the seven to seven we're watching the show and amy so there's teleprompters for i guess rachel's material and amy continues to stop her, but this time just with the teleprompters. So Rachel keeps reading, oh, um, wait, I'm told I have to do that again. So then she would do the joke again. Uh, no, the first time it was she was stopped and makeup people came out. And that was fine because everybody realized, well, it's a girl. What are you? Gonna, I don't think they'd stop a TV table for a guy, but actually, quite frankly, if something was happening for me and something was off, I would appreciate if they would. But everybody was fine with that. We know it's a TV taping, so everybody applauded after they were finished, and she moved on. And we're, but, I, but I'm saying to myself, I can't believe it happened again. But then it got worse. And Amy is just typing stuff on the monitors, and Rachel keeps saying, oh, I'm told I have to do this again, and had to keep stopping and redoing. Oh, I'm told I have to. And I'm just sitting there with my mouth open, and I'm whispering to Rachel. I'm like, this is, this is really fucked up. I don't think I'm crazy. This is not right. And I guarantee that the next day that Amy is producing and directing the next show, which is Keith Robinson, our friend Keith Robinson, I guarantee there's no stoppage. There's no way he's going to let that happen or she's going to take a chance on stopping him. She will never hear the end of it. And that'll be the end of their relationship. 
it's really messed up. And then, uh, you know, later, uh, people were like, Rachel came out and she, I think she was already drinking. I, I don't know what was happening. I, maybe she was, I don't know. It was weird, but she was in a good mood. And I remember I went to the bar because there was a little after party. I went to the bar. And even though the after party, you had to pay for the drinks. You know, <laughs> and I saw Liz and I said, Liz, can I buy you a drink? And she's like, yeah. And like, let's get one for Rachel too. So we got one for Rachel, another $70. You're going to be, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This, I mean, okay, Judge Guy in the City is always complaining about money, but it's, I'm not complaining about money. I wouldn't even bother telling you about money. I'm basically telling you what it's like living in the city or just, go, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. I don't care if I get scammed in once in a blue moon, and, but I'm talking about two drinks, $70. That's insane shit that is happening I think all over, but definitely Manhattan. And that is the point of this podcast. Just go in the city. How does he even live in the city on a teacher's salary? (laughs) But it was still fun and we're having a good time. And then Rachel sits with us. And I got to say, this girl, Rachel, I took. I mean, she really is terrific. She was sitting on the other side and just completely pleasant. Once in a while would add in. Otherwise, just... You know, just really, uh, I got to say, a a, a wonderful date to be able to just, you know, not sit next to me the whole time, which which would also be fine. But I'm just saying she she was perfectly okay. So we're talking to her old friends and a roommate, you know, and and the brother and and we're just having a good time. And Rachel's having it. She's happy that it's all over. She said, oh, the seven o'clock show wasn't that way. However, I heard that it was. So I don't know what's going on. Keith had said. That's Rachel's fault because she should have put in parameters and say, Amy, you did that to me last time. Please don't stop me. Let me fail on my own. Something like that needed to be said to not keep stopping and starting because it was weird. I also talked to Jessica about it. Everything about it was weird. But whatever, she was oblivious to the whole thing and was happy and a good mood and it was wonderful hanging out with her again. And of course, her favorite thing she was doing, telling all her friends just gal stories and let me tell you when Juskow uh, used a woman as a human shield, and the kids love the Juskow stories. Uh, so, but we had a good time, and then we saw Sam there, and he was with his new girlfriend, who is Michelle Beadle, who I am a big fan of. This is a really good sportswoman. You know, there's a lot of women in football and sports that just suck, like the girl who does Thursday night football. I don't think she should be doing it. She's a bad host. I don't know what her sports knowledge is, but you know what they do in, in all of sports, mostly in football. They just hire hot girls to comment, to comment, you know, and because whatever. But this Michelle is different. She's really pretty and completely knowledgeable. I've always liked her, and I think she's a Jets fan. So I've always been attracted to her. Now Sam's dating her. So I, I push him aside like I did with um, with Sarah and Martin Short when they were talking at the Saturday Night Live party. I pushed Sarah aside and just started talking to Martin Short. So I did that with Sam. And uh, it was really funny. And then we just talked. We talked about the Jets. We talked about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it was fantastic talking to her, uh, a woman this knowledgeable about the Jets and sports. She goes, I'm telling you, Aaron Rodgers is going to play on Saturday or Sunday if they win this week. I mean, she had inside information, and it, it was really great. And it, that really made my night, and it was worth everything. So it was a super fun night. 
And then I remember I walked home around 2.30 in the morning, and it was so funny because Times Square was empty. And remember what I said, go in there, you know, that time of the year, it's usually crowded, but it was beautiful. It was December 18th, and it was empty. So it was like really nice. And, you know, I knew I had to wake up at 5.30 in the morning, which is classic. That, you know, for me, that's kind of fun <laughs> to see if I can do it. Yeah, I think I got home around 3.30 or 4 and then woke up 90 minutes later. But this is what I do. Of course, this is how you get sick if you do it too often. Well, this is how Dave Juskow gets sick. Dave Juskow doesn't get sick unless he parties too hard. But I didn't have that much to drink, so I was okay. Maybe I had three scotches and a beer. Well, that's actually, uh, yeah, but it was over a long period of time, I think. <laughs> this is the way I look at stuff. Anywho, oh, right, I have it in my notes. The next day, or maybe it was Sunday, just before Monday, my sister called me with some very bad news. My tap dance teacher passed away. That's right, folks. Um, Vern Fowler from Vern Fowler Dance Studios, uh, which I've been going to since I was in fourth grade, taking my first tap class, and then uh, going into um, ballet and then musical comedy. Uh, she passed away. She was very talented, and she uh, was uh, very good and made me the song and dance man that I am today. She was the reason that in third grade, when all the boys were trying out for Little League, or as I say, auditioning for Little League. And the teacher went around the room and said, oh, which team did you get on? Which team did you get on? To all the boys. And everybody answered, Tigers, Mets, Red Sox, because we, we had the same names as the big leagues. They came to Dave Jaskow and said, and what team did you get on? I'm like, me? No, I didn't even know there were uh, tribes. I, I tapped class that day, so I couldn't even make it if I tried. Like, tap class? Well, yeah, let me... Well, let me show you. Here, let me move out a little. Hey, everybody, move out a little bit. Let me give me a little room. And and I swear to God, they're like, well, give him some room. <laughs> like, and, and there was no one in that classroom from the coolest, toughest guy in that class to the meekest or hottest girl. No one was like, oh, geez, this guy again. No, they, they were like, ooh, he's going to tap. <laughs> this is called a snipball chain and this is fantastic now this is what this is how you begin kind of like this and then you get into a little bit more groove there wasn't one person in that class that didn't think i was going places now they know differently but i'll tell you back then so she passed away so my sister gave me the news Vern fowler died oh no Fern Fowler was the one when I finally went to high school. Because remember, I was there for a long time. <laughs> the only boy. <laughs> Which, you know, if you're not in fourth grade, it's the greatest thing that could ever happen. But when you're in fourth grade, you're like, God, I'm the only boy. This is very embarrassing. And I am not wearing leotards. Because I was, you know, a man, right? And I'm just, no, I'm going to wear pants like a man wears pants. Well, leotards would help you. Hey, what I just tell you? Listen, Vern, Auntie Vern, that's what we called her. I'm on the um, Vern Fowler alumni website. It's all girls. Oh, we miss Auntie Vern. And then my sister and I were on it, and we're just like, yeah, Auntie Vern. And they're like, what are you talking about? We're like, from 1975. They're like, what? <laughs> like the Vern Fowler alumni website is from people that were there in like 2000. <laughs> and so they're like, hey, there's there's some old man who, who keeps addressing us <laughs> Saying he won't wear leotards. She was the one who said, um, where are you going to high school? I go, J.P. Stevens. She goes, no. Tell your mother you need to go to St. Thomas of Aquina. 
or a queen or whatever it is. I'm like, excuse me? She goes, they, they have a much better theater program there. You will do so much better if you go to St. Thomas. And I'm like, okay, Vern, I'm just going to tell you this once because it's odd that you don't seem to know my mom or anything that I've been telling you for the past seven years. Um, that's never going to happen. Uh, she wanted me to go to a Catholic school. <laughs> and she was completely serious. Didn't even didn't even think for a moment that wasn't an option. Uh, David, tell your mother you need to transfer to the Catholic school. I'm like, okay, I'll tell her that. And then um, let's see if you get uh, another donation again uh, for your school. Uh, let, let's see how that works out for you after I give her that information, you weirdo. I mean, that was, I mean, it, she wasn't, she definitely wasn't doing it to be anti-Semitic or anything. She was just saying, no, they have a better theater program. I'm like, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. <laughs> I never even told my mother that story. I didn't even go, I didn't even for a minute go home. And that probably would have been a better deal for me because, you know, I mean, sure. Was I a star in high school? Of course I was. But I'd be a star anywhere I go, let's face it. But I didn't even bother telling her, hey, how was uh, musical comedy class today? Well, Auntie Vern wants me to go to. I, I didn't even. I didn't even open it up. It wasn't even an option. I never even told my sister. What would be the point? In fact, I think I might have told her on Sunday, for the first time. Oh, but that's where they taught me all the uh, all the songs I know. In a mountain greenery where God paints the scenery, just two crazy people together. How about this one? I love to walk in the rain. Look for me when it's stormy down some leafy lane, and I don't care. Oh man, yeah, I knew all the good ones, and then and then unfortunately they, for some reason, and I guess it was my father and Auntie Vern's choice to make me sing that song up by Bar Mitzvah. I'm still angry about it. My nieces and nephew make fun of me all the time. Pardon me. It's you got to have the alfalfa voice when you do it. Pardon me, miss, but I've never done this with a real live girl. Oh, I know I've told these stories before, but it, it, you know you got to bring it back when uh, the person that teaches you these songs is dead. Oh, I can't believe I sang that at my bar mitzvah, but I will tell you once again, my friends thought it was the greatest thing they'd ever seen. No one ever performed at their bar mitzvahs that was a brand new thing i don't understand what happened on the way but it's the same old story and you get spit out into the gay porn world and that's the way it works so what are you gonna do so on wednesday we went out for nick griffin's birthday at wolfgang steakhouse again trying to convince david tell that nothing stays open late anymore and I'm like, look, we have to at least meet at 7 because everything closed at 9. And then when, when we were there with me, Nick, Russ, and Dave, guy, uh, Dave goes to the guy, wait, are you guys closing up already? It's only 9 o'clock. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I guess you guys were right. Meanwhile, his birthday's coming up. We're planning something. Of course, his birthday is unfortunately the first day of my class. There's no way, obviously, I can miss that. I wouldn't anyway. So he's like, and we will go to dinner later. And I'm like, hey, that's your birthday. You do whatever you want. I'm good with whatever you say. So actually, later might work better if there's a place. And I was looking up. So he's like, well, I was looking at Mr. Chow's. And that's even more expensive than Wolfgang's. I'm like, I know. There's one right by my house. Right by my house. I've been dying to go there for years. And it is, it, it, I, I cannot go there. It is the most expensive place in the city. 
and we're talking about Wolfgang's where I think the bill for four of us might have been $700. But it's like $400 a person at Mr. Chow's. So I've never even been in there. Like, it's weird that somebody hasn't actually taken me there. You know, like a Jeff or somebody. Sarah's obviously not going to take me to a Chinese restaurant, but it's just funny. After living here all this time and going to, you know, restaurants way above my means, but to go on the good graces of somebody else that it hasn't come up with Mr. Chow. So we're looking for a place. It was just so funny. We we got out and we're like, what should we do now? And we just broke it up around nine o'clock and we all went home. I don't even think, I tell Mike had gone to the cellar, but I think he went home first. Oh, he was just talking to me last night. He's like, Look, I, I got to stop being the last comic on the show. I can't take it anymore. I'm like, I don't know how you do it. Every night he goes on at one in the morning. He's the last comic on at the cellar. He's like, no, my birthday, I told him already, I'm going on early. I want to go on early. I'm like, well, how can he go on early and do it? He's like, no, I told him, actually, I'm taking off that night. That's even something. Remember, his birthdays were the ultimate party. It, it's so different. We're so much older. It's so funny. We, we'd go out, we would drink and go crazy, and then we'd go to the show and watch him perform, and I was up until 9 in the morning the next day. Every January 18th was the worst day of my life when it came on a weekday. And the funny thing is, go figure, it finally comes on a Thursday night where I don't have to work on a Friday, and now we're just too old. <laughs> well, he doesn't drink anymore either, so I remember the last time that I got that way. We'd already not been doing that anymore. He hadn't been drinking. I'm going to say it's about seven years ago, only seven years ago. I was definitely probably already in my 50s, I think, but I don't know, maybe. Nah, probably and I was working on my job, and I got really fucked up. I think I was mad at him or something. and or not, Maybe I was mad at the uh, job I was working because they wanted me to work overtime, and I'm like, come on, man. This is the one night I'm going out. So I got really messed up, really messed up. And then I afterwards, around 5 in the morning, went back to the office and and worked. Oh, it was awful. It was just like the old days when I had to do that when I was young, you know, my 20s, which made sense. So that was the last time, uh, you know, for, for me, for Attell's birthday, because the, the other ones were just, I went back to work, but, you know, it was okay because I was used to it by then and it was much younger. Anyway, we're trying to figure that all out because, you know, me and Nick and Dave and Russ always, so remember then Russ is in February and then, then we take a break, you know, till August, mine. And then that Thursday, I went, I, you know what happened? My car worked. In my garage, like, you know, I, I just it just worked. I don't know why. So I'm like, well, good. And then the, the battery will work. So I'll go to the Jiffy Lube. I'll have them turn off the service engine light, which they did. And I went to the car to get my car inspected. So, you know, because it keeps failing. And it failed again. I'm like, but I don't understand. They're like, you're not driving it correctly. I'm like, what do you mean I'm not driving it correctly? What does that mean? The battery didn't drain. I, I've definitely gone over 50 miles. What are you talking about? So I failed again. It was so annoying. And the guys were like, well, you're not going to pass inspection if the service engine light comes on. I'm like, I know. That's why I need you to turn it off. And then I went, I thought, I was like, this is so brilliant. I could have so much done. And then I found out that they they didn't, somebody took my gas cap. So I had to buy a new gas cap. <laughs> it was a stupid thing to buy. And so I bought one on Amazon. They promised me it worked for my car. It didn't. I don't know how a gas cap doesn't work. So I had to buy like another one. That was that's what I do now. And then I was just killing time because we were going to that great Korean barbecue in Fort Lee. 
after I went to see my mother, but it was so far away. That's like a two-hour trip because you're going from my mom's to the George Washington Bridge. But boy, was that food good. Oh, man. That Korean barbecue place is fantastic. And then on Friday, I went to see uh, Wonka. I was very excited. I went with my friend Alina outside Steve and her husband. And was the movie good? Um, yes. It just wasn't what I was expecting. So I had different expectations. And sometimes that ruins a movie for me. Like, he never ends up building the factory. I didn't know it was a prequel. If you go in knowing it's a prequel, it's fine. I'm also waiting for Hugh Grant. I'm waiting. I'm waiting because that's all I went to see. Although I like Timothy Chalamet. I mean, Hugh Grant as the Oompa Loompa. That's, hello, Dave Juskow, Hugh Grant. Oompa Loompa, hilarious. He's not in it enough for me. But the movie was entertaining, and it was exciting going to a movie theater. Although this movie theater is on the Upper West Side. It was disgusting. It's very old. that They don't have the leaning back chairs, which is fine, but it was just gross. So I got popcorn, I got a soda, and I got, um, what is it, the, the cookie dough balls, <laughs> right? So, so then we go to, actually, we went to the Gap afterwards for something, and outside Steve bought a shirt, which he looked very good in, by the way, on New Year's Eve, where I got to meet his brothers, which was so nice, or see them. And uh, I ran into this guy I hadn't seen in years in comedy, this guy, Matt Higgins. He goes, um, hey, Dave Jusko, it's me, man. God, you were so talented. I'm like, what, thank you so much. I know. I don't know what happened. Um, but it was I see, but it was hilarious to see somebody gap because, oh, we're actually going to see Wonka now. So apparently everybody that goes to see Wonka then goes into the gap, which is right next door. To, I, I haven't been to the gap in 30 years, so I didn't even know they were still in business. Which is funny because I think the Gap and Old Navy are the same. So I have been in Old Navy. So it was just a matter of time before I got back to the Gap. Until I fell into the Gap. <laughs> Thank you. Fall into the Gap. So then we went to PJ Clark's. This is all around the Lincoln Center area. Very nice place in town. And I got macaroni and cheese and tomato soup. Okay. And I didn't drink. I just had soda. So then I get a call from my friend Bob Golden, who lives out in the Hamptons. We had him on the Billy Joel podcast. We've been friends for years. He's a musician who now kind of retired out of that and does pottery and rebuilt a house in the Hamptons. And I hadn't seen him, but he was in town. And he goes, I'm in town. Can you see me? I'm like, absolutely not. I'm ready to go home. I'm done for the day. You know, we, I think we saw a 5 o'clock Wonka showing and then went out to dinner early. It was a beautiful Friday night for me, right? And then I was going to walk home through the park or around the park. It was perfect. But then he says, well, Russ Maniv is at Tavern on the Green. And I'm like, ah, I have to walk past that to get home. All right, I'll meet everybody. It was just too easy. So I went to Tavern on the Green. I saw Russ and his girlfriend and I saw Bob and we had a really nice time. And it was fun and I was glad I stopped by. And then... My friend Jen called me. Remember, she always wants to hang out and party, and that's a whole night, right? So I'm, so she goes, hey, come over if you're nearby. Come over. I really want to see you. I want to hang out. And there's no reason not to go over because I wasn't working the next day. It's the only Friday that I had, didn't have to work on Saturday, so it was the perfect night to go out. But, but, I, but like a child, I was like, Oh, I can't. Um, I had popcorn and soda and cookie dough at the movies, and then I had a macaroni and cheese and tomato soup at the dinner. My tummy hurts. <laughs> She's like, 
what? How old are you? Oh, well, it's all because of that popcorn and soda I had at the movies. They told me that I had too much, but I didn't listen. I mean, it was so embarrassing. My tummy hurts from eating child's food. What am I, 12? What the fuck? Oh, my God. I was so embarrassed, but there was no way I could go. <laughs> of course, my stomach was acting up. It's all my fault this time. That is not uh, psychological. Popcorn, a huge soda, cookie dough balls, tomato soup, and macaroni and cheese. I, I mean, <laughs> we could just have a listing. Which person, and it's a picture of a, a, a seven-year-old boy and a picture of a, a 50-something-year-old man, and then say, which but which person ate this meal today? David, I told you not to continue, not to put that butter on the popcorn. You put on too much butter. I warned you about this. Yeah, but it looked so delicious at the time. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. My dear friends, you are now about to enter the nerve center to the entire Wonka factory. Inside this room, all of my dreams become realities, and some of my realities become dreams, and almost everything you'll see is eatable, edible. I mean, you can eat almost everything. Let me in, I'm starving! So I went to that Rutherford show twice in, um, in between Christmas and New Year's on the Saturday before Christmas Eve, so Christmas Eve Eve, and New Year's Eve Eve. And I perform there. And I see this guy, Tommy, who I always run into. This guy's nuts. I mean, he's nuts. But he's funny nuts. And Christmas Eve Eve, he goes, hey, why don't you, we're going to this studio and we're just going to drink and, you know, just jam and have some fun. Why don't you come? Now, that is something I should again have done. I'm upset with myself by not going because, again, I didn't have to work the next day. This is the week after I didn't have to work on Saturday, on Sunday, and that never happens. And, you know, for the podcast alone, I needed to go and see what these weirdos are doing. I mean, they're crazy kids, but they like me, and they're like, oh, come on, you got to come. I just, I got nervous. I panicked because I wasn't in my Jessica Dan character, and I don't know where they were bringing me, and they really are insane. They're like, they're like punk kids, you know? They're not goth, they're punk I mean, this guy's insane. I got. I think I had pictures of him last week when I was wearing his, you saw them with the fur coat and stuff like that. I mean, this guy's out of his mind. But for some reason, he likes me. He's a little anti-Semitic. That's all right. Everybody is. So there's nothing you can do about that. But they like me. And of course, that would have been a classic story. But he, And again, I didn't have to work the next day. I don't know what I was doing. And I was thinking, of like, why am I passing up all these opportunities? But you know what? It was the time of the year. And it was just very confusing for me. But it is ridiculous to go out when I have to work. I guess because everything was off that I didn't have to work. I got confused. I'm so used to working on the weekends. I didn't know what to do with myself on a Saturday and Sunday when I wasn't. It was very confusing. Let alone uh, on Sunday, that day, that next day, I go down to the coffee shop right, right across the street from my house. Now I know for a fact they're charging $11 every time. I thought maybe I was crazy. Every cup of coffee I get there is $11. On that Sunday, I got a coffee and a muffin, and it cost me $20. I went to Dunkin' Donuts today. I got a coffee and a donut, and it cost me 6 I don't know. What the hell? I get that they're in a very small location. They probably have to charge. I can't decide whether they're scamming me because the, with the hot girls over there, I don't think they are. I think everybody gets charged $11. It's really messed up. 
That's too much. And it's a small cup of coffee. Is it delicious? Yes, it is a treat. I know I should just have the regular coffee there, but I get a treat. Like if we go to Starbucks, you know, I'll get a treat. But that's more expensive than Starbucks. $11, that's insane. All right, so let me just get to New Year's because I told you I'm trying to make the short the shows shorter now. So New Year's Eve, I finally decided I'm, I'm going to go to the Comedy Cellar. I was invited by Gnome, and it's a sit-down dinner uh, that the comics mostly aren't invited to. So it's an honor. And me and outside Steve and his brothers are going to be there. So I'm like, okay. But, you know, I'm stressing the whole time. I'm like, I don't, really don't want to do that. I'd rather just stay home. But I don't want to stay home. That'll be suicide. So it turns out that Paul Lauren is playing across the street from me. He's like, I'll be there on New Year's Eve right next door to your house. I'm like, you're, you're kidding. So I stopped by to see him. And it was great. And I got photos of him. And he's so cool he bought me a drink at the bar this is like seven o'clock at night and he looked amazing and he he is a one-man band like he like he i'm surprised he doesn't have the uh knee symbols and the and the 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 drums it's really fascinating you'll get to see hear a little bit of it on the bonus show i take recorded a little bit he changes the names he's talking to me while he's playing he's like hey dave go go see my girlfriend over there I, i wanted to introduce you but i ran out of time and like while he's playing and then going back to singing it's so fast he's so talented He's like David Tell, who can just put it on automatic and do the comedy. Well, he's like that with music. So that was really great that I got to see him. And it's a place that I, so I was sitting down there like, oh, you live in the neighborhood? I'm like, yeah, how come you never come in? I'm like, because you serve half portions here, and I don't like that. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I like a man-sized portion. It's like, well, we serve both the half and the full. Well, I don't like the choice. <laughs> they're like, hey, you're a little nuts, aren't you? And I'm like... Yes, but I am 30 years younger than most of the people that come in here, so I know you want my business. You're welcome in advance. So then I take the subway, which is definitely the best way to go on New Year's Eve, down to the cellar, and I thought it was going to be packed. You know, I'm going through Times Square at around 8.30 on New Year's Eve. I'm going right through Times Square, but nobody was there. I think people know to stay away or they're there. I'm going past. I'm underground on the millions of people that are right on top of me, but no issues. And definitely going out to the village, no one's there. So it's a good day. That's a good place to go on New Year's Eve. And I go in, and it was really great. You know, I got to see all my friends. I got to see Rachel and Jim Norton and Natterman. And, you know, so all my friends are there. And, of course, Steve was there, so it was great. And I sat next to his brother, who listens to this podcast, Bernie, who's wonderful and gave us the aha information a couple of months ago. And then I met his other brother who apparently was roommates with Gnome, the owner of the cellar in college. I didn't know. I mean, Steve's told me a hundred times and I forget how they know each other. And I got to sit next to my friend, Harry Etten from CNN, who I only see at that party, him and his girlfriend. And they're really nice. And I, I enjoy sitting with them and talking to them. And now we have, you know, they know now that I know my other mutual friend, Miguel from CNN, Miguel Marquez. So they now they have me in common with them. And it's fun. So now, you know, I know all my friends from CNN. Then, of course, you know, I've got my Fox people. As I told you, I play both sides. So it was really fun. And then the band was playing. And, uh, it's you know, it's a good time. It's the same as last year. But it was actually, I feel like it was better this time. I think I was in a better mood. Esty and Liz were in good moods. They were happy to see me, so that's something, right? Uh, so everything was cool. I had a really good time, and then I just kind of had had it 
and I left after midnight, like around 12.30. I walked out, went across the street to my place, my bar. So great to see everybody. And I'm having a good time in there. And you know, just, I just need to be relaxed and with other people at this point, you know. And then I saw this girl that I hadn't seen in a while. And we actually went outside to drink uh, because it wasn't crazy cold. So we sat outside at a table and drank on New Year's Eve around 1 in the morning. It was fantastic. I was having a good time until this horrible girl that sometimes comes there and just talks about death and horribleness. She came in and ruined my night, but I let that go. And then I just sat at the bar and started texting back people. And I, had a, I have a great picture for the bonus show you're going to like. You're going to love it if you love this show of me with the, the trombones in my face. And I compare it to the uh, naked gun scene that you'll get because I'll show you everything. So the bonus show will be uh, totally worth it this week. I mean, just for that picture alone, I was sending that to everybody. And I was just sitting at the bar by myself at that point. I mean, not by myself. There were people there. But I was really happy that I, I think I was so ecstatic that I had made it and that New Year's was over and I made it through. And tomorrow I don't have to do anything. I don't have to go to work. And I'm going to watch the championship college games and it's going to be a great day. And then we can move on with the new year. So I think there was just a, a blissfulness that was coming over. And I think I, yeah, I took the subway home because I took photos of that too. Because there was all these white people, young white people dressed up, girls kind of hot on the subway, which you would not see at 3.30 in the morning on any other day. You know what I mean? Like stretched out like they don't, I mean, they're idiots because that's where you get into trouble. You see those kind of people on New Year's Day at three in the morning on the subways and when the U.S. Open is in town on the seven train at around one in the morning. There's white people with their, you know, sweaters tied around their thing. It's like, it's funny. You get on that train and I've mentioned this in the podcast multiple times because I'd been on it with forgetting the U.S. Open was done. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It's so noticeable. It's just really funny. All you have to do is see Coming to America, if you've never been in New York City, and look at the scene where he's uh, saying, I renounce my throne to Lisa and all the people on the train. That's the way most people look on that train. They did a pretty good depiction, dressed up and bundled up in jackets and stuff and all different kinds of people. And that's why it's such a noticeable difference. Uh, when the U.S. opens in town and on New Year's Eve. Anyway, I think I got home. I must. I think I maybe I went to bed around five or six in the morning. But that's normal for New Year's Eve. But I was very happy, and very content when I woke up the next morning, saying, "All right, let's get this year started. Let's get the teaching done. Let's do all this stuff." And that's the thing, right? I'm writing this book on John Hughes. I'm doing the teaching thing. I am stressing. Because there are deadlines for everything, and I just want to get set, and it's taking much longer than I thought, but that's okay. It's all good stuff. All good stuff that makes no money. <laughs> but that's hilarious. And and by the way, last night, I had dinner with the mayor of Red Bank. So I, I just thought I'd add that. That was fun. I, you know, I go to my mom's, and I always try and make plans. And um, she's like, what are you doing today? You know, dinner with the mayor of Red Bank. And uh, Red Bank, New Jersey. And she's like, you are? Yeah, it's no, no big deal. Don't worry about it. She's like, shouldn't you have dressed well? I'm like, well, I didn't know I when I got up I was going to have dinner with the mayor of Red So, but it's great. So my friend lives in Red Bank. My friend Steve Lewis, who grew up across the street from me, you know, back when we were kids. And he's like, call me when you're in Red Bank. So after I left his house, 
I said, hey, you know, I'm still in Red Bank. I'd still like to hang. You want to get a beer? And he's like, oh, I'm with my kids. I can't. What were you doing in Red Bank? I said, all right, well, I know it's going to sound like I'm bragging. Because he used to say, you're always bragging about the friends you know. Meanwhile, now he's like, hey, can I ever meet any of the friends you know? And I'm like, yeah, I knew you'd come around. And I was bragging to him back in the day because that's all I had. But this time I'm like, all right, I know you're going to think I'm bragging, but I just had dinner with the mayor of Red Bank. All right. All right. He's like, is that the guy that's in the band? And I'm like, yes. All right. I'm, not, I'm just saying that's what happened. I know you don't like when I tell you these things, but what do you want me to tell you? That's what happened. You've done your country a great service. We thank you. And uh, we trust you found the settlement satisfactory. Well, the money's fine. The situation is totally unacceptable. Well, gentlemen, I guess that just about wraps it up. Where is the ark? I thought we'd settled that. The ark is somewhere very safe. From whom? The Ark is a source of unspeakable power, and it has to be researched. And it will be, I assure you, Dr. Brody, Dr. Jones. We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men. Before we leave, I just want to tell you about all the movies that I've seen since we left each other. Now, I told you about Wonka already, but, you know, I'm also seeing a bunch of stuff for class and then stuff that I'm catching up on. That's what I did these two weeks. So the first one I watched, because I was looking at 1980 and I'm trying to, like, at least watch one or two from every year, was this movie Saturn 3, which I might have talked about in the podcast, but I'd never seen it before. It's with Farrah Fawcett, Kirk Douglas, and Harvey Keitel. Those are the only people in the movie. And directed by the same guy that directed Singing in the Rain. What? And it's not very good, but it's fascinating because not only do you get to see Farrah Fawcett's boobs, which, of course, that's what I'm going to be talking about in class. You have to understand the 80s were all about boobs. I have to say, because it's true. Because remember, I told you about the looker thing, and you're like, why did they make this movie? Why did they put Lori Partridge? You can see her boobs. Julie Andrews, that's all because you want to see her boobs. So there's no way to really, they're just going to have to live with, like, look, I didn't make it. <laughs> this was the facts. So I watched this Saturn 3, and it's it's pretty bad, but it's good in the sense that it's Farrah, and she's so beautiful, and Harvey Keitel plays, you know, uh, a wackadoodle. And that the fact that the way he talks and everything and what he becomes, that made it kind of interesting, but it is a bad movie. The best part about watching these movies from the 80s, they're all an hour and a half. It's fantastic. Then for some reason... I watched this movie called Gregory's Girl. I remember when it came out in like 81, 82. It's a foreign film. It's a Scottish film. And back then, you know, there were a couple of films like that that somehow got through. It was this Gregory's Girl. And I was like, not, there was no way I was going to watch it. And then the problem, why it's taken so long to put together is because every time I look at these movies, I also kind of look them up and see what they're about and see about the production. So I go down this rabbit hole and then I get interested. And of course, I'm going to talk about this in class. So... That's why it's taking so long. So I'm looking up this movie, and the plot was so interesting. I'm like, that sounds great. What happens is this he's a, a soccer player, and he's not very good, this guy, Gregory. And he's on the soccer team at school. I guess it's high school. Or maybe it's a community soccer. Who the fuck knows? And a girl joins the team. A pretty girl joins the team, and everybody's hitting on her. And this guy really likes her. So he asks her out, and then she says, and, he, and she finally says yes. She goes, meet me here at a certain time. And then she just sets up this kind of plan. You don't know it where she, he's just, she's not there. One of her friends is there. And then one of her friends makes her, makes, makes him take her out and do some stuff. And then they, 
pawn her off, pawn him off to another friend, and then another friend. So she's basically testing this guy through her friends to see if he's okay, and then he, you know, ends up with the, another. But it, but it was a, it was an interesting idea. I think it, it was like seeing it, it's a, it's a really good idea for a, a movie right now. That's why I watched it. So it's not very, you can't understand a word they're saying, even though they're technically talking English because it's Scottish. But the premise of if it was a high school girl that was smart, that knew she was really hot and just kind of put this guy through a test of her other friends. I like that plan. So I was interested in it and I thought that was kind of cool. Then I watched a new thing on Apple called The Family Plan with uh, Mark Wahlberg. It's Mark Wahlberg, right? Yeah. And uh, that really, uh, pretty one um michelle monahan and they just kept advertising it he used to be uh, a government assassin and now it's been 20 years and he just has a family living in buffalo he's very happy and then his old life comes back to get him and that was a very enjoyable film to watch i had a good time i enjoyed that it was mark Wahlberg's very good so that was fun and then i watched because i couldn't wait to watch it the new Indiana Jones movie. Now, my friend Lawrence and I were supposed to see it in the movies. So Lawrence, rightly so, goes, let's wait a month and then see it when the crowd dies down. But unfortunately, Lawrence and I are, you know, from the apparently from the 1950s, where <laughs> from the 70s, where that used to happen. There's a blockbuster. People hated that movie. It left in two weeks, so we missed it. So we both saw it ourselves in our respective places. And let me tell you, uh, Lawrence and I were the only people who liked the last one, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or whatever. The only two people. But this movie sucked. I was very upset with it. Very upset. There's one, you know, uh, five minutes with a really excellently done CGI of Harrison Ford as a younger man, but you can tell he's older because his voice is older, which drives you a little crazy. But the nastiness of it, of the movie, was where the problem was. Now, again, he's fighting the Nazis. Nobody has a problem with that. And it takes place in the 60s, not the 40s. It's, it, it's so nasty. So many innocent people get killed that I'm like, well, how is this where They're missing the fun. And the Nazis don't die gruesome enough deaths. If we look at the first one, nobody really innocent dies. And then the Nazis, their faces melt or their heads explode. And so if you're making a, a now it's not this one's not directed by Spielberg so it it was very bad there there wasn't enough justice at the end to you know and then there's Antonio Banderas is in it and uh you know he just has a really small part and it's just there's, there's no it's it was it was really bad I'm very very disappointed in something I was very much looking forward to seeing you know, it was a time travel movie, but the, it was bad time travel. And, oh, it's it was so disappointing. And I'm sure you'll feel the same way. Anybody that see it, that's seen it, let me know what you think. I'm sure you feel similar. I mean, obviously, it didn't do very well at all. A horrible send-off for what is, um, you know, an amazing franchise and a, a really terrific actor. Uh, the ending was the best part. They bring back Karen. I'm not, you don't care. They bring back Karen Allen. They kind of uh, do another scene reminiscent to the first one. So that that was like the only interesting part. So it was very upsetting, very upsetting. And then finally, uh, I watched this movie. My friend Chris Murphy had said, like, how have you never seen the rewrite? 
And I'm like, I've never even heard about it before. It is a Hugh Grant movie. It's like, it's a Hugh Grant movie. How do you not know? I'm like, I don't know. From 2015. And this is the cast. Hugh Grant, Marissa Tomei, J.K. Simmons, Allison Janney, and Chris Elliott. And I'm like, how have I never heard of this movie? Well, after watching it, I get it. It's not very good. But the reason he wanted me to watch it is because this is guy, Hugh Grant, who wrote this amazing film that people worship. Like, I don't know, like a one and done. I'm trying to think of an example, but I can't. Like Arthur, <laughs> you know, except it's a more poignant, you know, serious one. But the guy who made Arthur, remember that he died, never made another one. So like that. And then he made three more and they bombed. So he can't get work anymore. And his agent says, well, you should, they've, uh, he becomes a professor of film at Binghamton University, upstate New York. So he's, and, and then, and his class is all just full of hot girls. <laughs> and then my friend is like, how are you not watching this? So he, because it's a, a script writing class, he gets film. you have to be selected. So he only selects hot girls and two really awkward, possibly on the spectrum boys to make it look real. And I'm like, I shouldn't be watching this because, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not good, but yet, it is good because I like now I more than ever like watching movies about professors and the students and the interaction because I live it. So I didn't hate it, but I cannot recommend it. I'm afraid my sister asked, oh, my God, tell me how it is because it sounds amazing. I'm like, I know it sounds amazing, but I cannot recommend it. I think I watched it on Tubi with ads or Roku with ads. Again, uh, it was like an hour and a half. God, I love movies like I miss that. An hour and a half. Have you heard the new Martin Scorsese movies about three and a half hours long? Come on. Come on. I don't know if I'll sit through that, although everybody says it's pretty good. Anyway, folks, let's end our new one. We covered two weeks in just an hour. So I'm going to try and make, like I said, between 50 minutes and an hour. It's going to be great. And we'll come back next week. It'll be exciting. I'll tell you my my fun and hijinks with Larry from Three's Company. Are you kidding me? He's the last man standing. He's truly the last man standing. And still Joyce DeWitt. I wonder if she would join us. She probably likes chicken wings. Anyway, that's super fun. Happy New Year, everybody. Write me. uh, Say hello. Some of you have already wished me a Happy New Year. I wish you a Happy New Year back. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Enjoy the bonus show this week, and I'll see you next week on an all-new episode of Just Gal in the City. Good night, everybody. She's young now, she's wild now.